Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that works best for you. Now in today's message, Pastor Tony will be delivering an encouraging word that we know is going to touch your life. We pray that you listen with expectation, believing that everything you need from God, he's going to do it. Enjoy today's message. 2 Kings chapter 3, I want to speak to you today from the subject, it's time to dig. It's time to dig. Verse 1. Now Jehoram, the son of Ahab, became king over Israel at Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. I like this. But not like his father and mother. For he put away their sacred pillar of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he persisted in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. He did not depart from those. Now, Amesha, the king of Moab, was a sheep breeder. And he regularly paid the king of Israel 100,000 lambs and the wool of 100,000 rams. But it happened when Ahab died that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So King Jehoram went out of Samaria at the time and mustered all of Israel. Then he went and sent to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And he said, I will go up. I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Then he said, Which way shall we go up? And he answered, By the way of the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. And they marched on the roundabout around seven days. But there was no water for the army, nor the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father, the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not even look at you nor see you. But now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of dishes. For thus says the Lord, You shall not see wind, Nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hands. And also you will attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Now it happened in the morning 
I love that. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by the way of Edom and the land was filled with water. And the land was filled with water. We're not going to stay long today. We're going to pray after we dive into this word. We find that in a season of transition from one king to the next, the enemy of the people of God, Moab, Israel always representing God's people, Moab always representing the enemy or the world, tried to come in in a season of transition. The enemy seems to always try to attack in moments of transition. He attacks when we're moving from glory to glory because he realizes you're not yet where you're going, but you're not where you used to be. So many times he attacks us in new seasons of ministry. He attacks homes when children are leaving and the nest is adjusting. He attacks us in moments of transition in our physical man when things are having to be worked through because of ailments or sickness. He attacks in seasons of change. And in this season of change, Moab began to rebel against Israel. Israel and the king of Israel became enraged. And one day the king of Israel went to Jehoshaphat after stirring all of Israel and told him about the Moabites and said, we're going to war with them, will you go? And Jehoshaphat being the king of Judah, he said, if you go, we'll go, we're one. And on the way of the journey, they picked up the king of Edom and they began to journey through the wilderness of Edom. And the Bible said for seven days, they walked in a circle in this wilderness And for seven days they looked for water, but there was no water to be found. And on the seventh day, animals began to die. Men were growing weary. They were becoming dehydrated. And they realized that the men of war were now faint. Not just in the physical sense, but in their spirit. Their mentality was gripped with fear. And their spirit... had a lack of courage. And the Bible said that one of them asked, is there not a prophet? Does no one have a word for us in this season? The king of Israel said, surely God's brought us here to die. Jehoshaphat said, there's got to be a better answer. Is there anyone that has a word from the Lord? And someone said, well, we're not too far from Elisha. And you know, Elisha was the one that poured water on the hands of Elijah. Now, I love Elisha, and I love Elijah. Elisha had twice as many miracles as Elijah. Elijah, seven noted miracles. Elisha, 14 noted miracles. Matter of fact, when Elisha was even in a grave, the Bible said, one day they threw the soldier, a soldier into that grave thinking it was empty. And when it touched the bones of Elisha, the soldier jumped back to life. An anointing that was moving even after he was gone. Elisha was powerful. But he also was known as the one that poured water over the hands. I'm telling you, God will do an increased work in your life if you keep the spirit of a servant leader. 
If you keep the humble attitude that you are positioned to serve and you are purposed to serve, God will just continue to do a great work. If you're always reminded that the mantle you wear is greater than who you are and it's greater than your position or your title or or where you're stationed in life or what you have, but that the mantle you wear has been given and you wear it humbly and you wear it with grace. And the Bible said he was still known as the one that poured water. But what better man of God or woman of God than one that specializes in water when you need water? The Bible said he's the one that poured water on the hands of Elijah. That's who we need. We are waterless. We are in a dry and desert season of life. We have went round and round trying to find water. Now, I'm thinking about the third time around. I would realize there's no water in this desert. But really, that's just how we are. We keep going around the same places thinking we're going to find breakthrough, thinking we're going to find a new season, thinking that we're going to find a different result. And God says, how many times do you have to walk through this season over and over? How many times do you have to keep picking up these same things over and over to realize I'm not going to bless that? Then finally, the seventh time around, they said, surely this is not it. We're going to die in this wilderness. And and Jehoshaphat said, we need a word from God. And they went to meet Elisha. And the minute they walked in, it did not start well. Elisha looked at them and said, what are you doing here? Why don't you go to the gods of your fathers and mothers and worship them and try to seek an answer from them? Then all of a sudden he realized Jehoshaphat was in the room. He said, oh, but Jehoshaphat's here. Now you have to understand, Jehoshaphat, he was the king of Judah. Judah always understood how to get to the presence of God. They were the people of praise. They were the people of warfare that understood that our weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. They were the people that knew how to open their mouth and shift the heavens. They were the people that understood that walls would fall with a shout. They understood that through obedience and a declaration, anything was possible. And he said, oh, Elisha, Jehoshaphat's in the room, so come on in. And he looked and he heard and he surveyed the situation. And they, they told him how bleak it was and how dry it was and how there was certain doom in the future. And Elisha said, bring me a musician. Let's worship for just a bit. Because Jehoshaphat's in the room and he understands the power of praise. Because you have to understand, out of Judah would come a young boy named David. And he would come from the tribe of Judah. And it wasn't long after that, there came a lion of the tribe of Judah and his name was Jesus. He said, Judah's in the house and they understand how to get into the presence of God. So bring me a musician. Let's find out what God is saying about this circumstance. And the Bible said that they brought a musician in and they began to worship and they begin to praise, and all of a sudden the atmosphere begins to change. Why? Praise changes the atmosphere of your life. There's something about opening your mouth in a dark season and declaring life. There's something about walking through a valley of a shadow of death and saying, but I will fear no evil because you are right here in the valley. There's something about fighting the good fight of faith, and when you think you're down, you know you're victorious because God is fighting your battles. Praise will change the atmosphere. Matter of fact, take a moment. I don't know where you're at right now in life, but open your mouth and give him a praise. Thinking that he's a good God. Thinking that he's God all the time. Thinking that he's never slumbered and he never sleeps. 
atmosphere begin to change. They begin to keep worshiping and all of a sudden the attitude begin to change. It's hard to stay mad when you dwell on God's goodness. It's hard to be angry when you're constantly dwelling in his presence. Because when I think about the Lord and what he's done for me, how he saved me, how he forgave me, how he delivered me, how last week when I messed up, he kept me close. When I didn't have the answer, he declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When I think about the Lord and all he's done for me, my attitude begins to change. It wasn't long. The energy in the room began to change. When they walked in, they were defeated. But all of a sudden, the energy in the room begins to change. Why? Praise changes the energy around me and within me. That's why he said, stir the gifts that are within you. Stir the gifts. Paul understood that. That's why Paul could praise God in a time of worship in a church or with the believer. Or he found out at midnight in a jail cell. Why? Because it was not relegated to Sunday morning. It was not relegated to City Life Church. What worked in God's house will work in my house. And when you understand that praise will change the energy level, all of a sudden the energy level of the room begin to rise. Their desires begin to change. Praise will align your desires with God's desires. It was God's plan and it was God's purpose, not just the way they had planned or they had purposed. All of a sudden their desires begin to align and then faith begin to activate. Because faith moves God and the word of the Lord began to release. And this was the word of the Lord. He said, I want you to go back and in the valley that is dry, I want you to begin to dig ditches. I want you to get shovels and I want you to start digging places that God can show up. I want you to begin to dig not at one, but many. I want you to give God a reservoir that he can fill. I want you to give him a reservoir, but you're not going to see wind and you're not going to see rain. It's not going to come the way you thought. It's not going to come the way you expected. But all you have to do is give God a hole. All you've got to do is give God a place. All you've got to do is give God some space and he will fill that space. He said, it's not going to happen the way you intended. And the Bible said they went back, they were charged. They left the presence of God and they commissioned the people. They commissioned the people to dig in a dry season. They commissioned the people to dig in a hopeless situation. They commissioned the people to dig when there seemed to be no answer. Sometimes you have to dig a hole and believe God is going to show up when the children are acting crazy. Sometimes you have to begin to give God a place to move when the doctor's report is not what you expected. Sometimes you have to praise God and give him a place to move when the finances are too much for the budget. Sometimes you have to trust God when it seems like you're in a valley and the darkness of life is trying to suffocate you but you declare I know my redeemer lives I know in whom I serve I'm going to give God a place to move and the Bible said they begin to make some place they begin to dig some holes and the Bible says this that when they got up the next morning it did not come by a wind or a rain but it came by a suddenly and I just felt impressed to tell someone this morning there's a suddenly in your next season there's a suddenly in your next season 
Oh, I heard about us suddenly in the book of Acts. They were waiting on the power. They were in one mind, in one accord. And the Bible said suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. I'm telling you, the heavens are about to open. And a suddenly is about to hit your house. It's about to hit your family. It's about to hit your circumstance. It's about to hit your situation. Oh, I don't know what you're battling, but the battle is not even yours. The battle is the Lord. Come on, celebrate his goodness in this place. Come on, give him a shout today. Give him a praise like the water is on the way. This is what the Bible said. Listen, the Bible said that water, come on, jump to your feet. Let's just stand together. I, I feel a stirring. I feel, I feel there's water about to release in this room today. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. This is what the Bible said. They got up the next morning and suddenly water came by the way of Edom. This is what hit me this morning. Where did they start out? In Israel. He said, which way are we to go? He said, by the way of Edom. Water came from the way they came. Here's what I believe what God said. He said, if you would have started out with water, you wouldn't have had to dig a hole in this desert season. If you would have waited on the water, you could have walked victorious. But now that the water has arrived, let me tell you what's going to happen. Not only am I going to bring deliverance in your life out of this situation, I am going to give you victory in this desert. But it's going to be more than you thought. Because here was the plan. They were just going down to pull Moab back into alignment. But God said, oh no, it's more than you thought. I'm about to unleash a season of prosperity. Every fortified city, it's now yours. Every place that has good timber, it's now yours. When you leave this land, you're going to possess everything in it. Not only am I going to deliver, not only am I going to give you victory, but I'm taking you into a season of prosperity. But here's how it happened. The Bible that said they started in Israel. They went over here to the place in the land of Judah. They went by and picked up the king of Edom and they walked through the land of Edom. And the Bible said this is where the water came from. It came by the way of Edom. God was saying, you know what? I had water in the beginning of the journey. But I want you to know, if you can get it in the beginning, get it. But if you find yourself stuck in a desert, I'll still give you a suddenly. I don't know where you're at right now and you may be transitioning into a next season but I've got a good word if God be for you what or who can be against you God says give me a home give me a place make some room make some room how do you dig I dig with my declaration I dig with my prayer I dig in my giving I dig in my witness. This is what Jesus told his disciples. He said, I want you to wait on the power. And when you receive it, I want you to be my witness. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then turn the world upside down. But here's what he said. Don't go without the power. Don't go without the water. Don't go without my spirit. Then in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, he says this. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, supernaturally, above all that we ask or think. Here it is right here. According to the power 
that works in us. He said, if the power is not working in you, you'll never rise above. If, if the power is not working in you, you will never walk in that season of supernatural. But if the water is flowing out of you, get ready. There's a supernatural season that is getting ready to propel you to places you have never been. I, I'm believing in this season and I felt it this morning that he said, you're in a season of digging, but get ready as suddenly is on the way. It's not about a speaker. It's not about just a service, but it's about an outpouring of water that's going to fill every place that is made available for his presence. So I'm going to make room in my life. I'm going to make room in my family. I'm going to make room in my finances. I'm going to make room in my ministry. We're going to make room in our church. We're going to make room in our marketplace and in the workplace. We're going to make room in our everyday journey because there is a suddenly in my next season. Come on, put your hands together and praise him. What what do you fight with? What do you dig with? I'm not talking about a natural struggle. I'm talking about you getting out the weapons of God in your life that are mighty. And you unleash in a declaration that even in a dry season calls in water. We're just going around this place over and over. And it's really crazy to think that if I've marched around this place once, twice, three, four, five, six, seven times with an army, cattle, animals, that I'm going to stumble into water if I haven't yet seen it. But but that's just the way God works. He comes into the mundane places of our life where we seem to just be going over and over, round and round, stuck. When he said, oh, there's victory in your life, but without the water, you're just going to keep moving in circles. Without a pouring of my grace, you're just going to keep moving in circles. Without my mercy, you're just going to keep moving in circles. Without my presence, God told the children of Israel that they could go into the promised land. But he told them, he said, I'm not going with you. Moses rose up and said, if you don't go, I'm not going. If you don't go with us, I'd rather stay in this wilderness than move into a place of promise that you're not there. Finally, somebody said, is there a word in this season? Is there a word in this season that is dry, that we're just going in circles? Finally, someone said, is there anyone that can get us into the presence of God? And I thought it was really interesting that when they needed water, God would just connect them to someone that specialized in water. Oh, you know Elisha? He's the one that poured water on the hands of Elijah. He said, go dig. He said, but get ready. A suddenly's coming, but not how you expect it. You will not see wind and you will not see rain. But there's water on the way. Quit trying to figure him out. Quit trying to make it happen in your own power. Just let God be God in this journey. 
and he'll unlock us suddenly in your life. We're going to begin to worship. And we're going to make some places. And some of you, you're going to pull out your shovel of worship. Some of you, you need a bulldozer. You need a back loader. Wherever you're at. The Bible tells me that the greatness of God in you is greater than any force around you. So as you unlock what's in you, it begins to unlock suddenlies around you. And I'm believing that for some in this season where God is just shifting things and faith is being activated, that he's been holding back the water saying, I just needed a place for them to dwell. I've just needed a space for them to move. I've just needed somewhere for them to rush into. What if you're that place? What if we're that place? And you can stay right where you're at. Now, now here, here, picture this with me. He went to a group of people that had been marching around in a desert. They were tired. Their animals were dying. The men were dehydrated. They were weary. And they surely thought they were about to be defeated. And the word was this. Go out here in this hot desert and begin to dig some ditches. Not a rain cloud in the sky. Weatherman had nothing in the forecast. But they begin to walk in obedience. There are some of you where you're at, God is blessing. And if you want to stay right where you're at, you can. But I just want you to envision this right here. As a valley that we're going to make some room for God to move. And just maybe you need to activate your faith. And what would it be for you to step out in a dry season that you went round and round in and hadn't found any water, but step in and say, I'm going to give God a place to move. I'm going to dig a ditch. I'm going to take a shovel of worship, a shovel of faith, a shovel of prayer, and I'm getting ready to give God a space. Father, I declare today that as we are making place for you, Father, I pray that waters are released. Though they may not come how we expected, though they may not release the way we had planned, Our desire, Father, is just for your presence. Our desire is just for your presence. So, Father, I pray that every place, physical places, in families, in finances, for those that just need an outpouring and a refilling of your presence, Father, let us suddenly happen. Let us suddenly happen. Father, I pray, Father, that the power that is working in them, we begin to change the environment around them. So, Father, we declare, Father, that the atmosphere is changing, that our attitude is changing, that the energy in our life is rising, that the right relationships are being positioned around us that our desires are becoming your desires 
and a big bold faith father is rising up a mountain moving faith a challenging faith a conquering faith a faith father that declares and believes for the impossible that hears the inaudible and dares to step out in dry seasons so father we declare father it done in your name for your glory amen and amen come on celebrate thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast our prayers that it ministered to you and it changed your life if there's anything we can pray with you about or god has used this ministry to touch you in any way please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc we also want to invite you to be our guest at one of our sunday or wednesday worship experiences you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download the City Life app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great worshiping with you today, and we'll see you next time.